Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Relentless Dairy on Podbean.com. Welcome to the land of bourbon and bad decisions. This is Relentless Daring live on podbean.com and the Podbean app. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Uh, if you're listening live on the, on the show, hi, Kim and Steve. See you are there already there in the chat room. Oh, my goodness. So it has been a week of insanity, which is starting to become like a tagline on this show. Um. Are you not hearing me coming through? Uh, popping up on the chat box, Kim is having issue not hearing the sound. Um, the joys of live internet. Um, unfortunately, with my web connectivity, it can be a little uh, touch and go on the audio actually going going out so i'm still recording this live whether you're hearing me or not i apologize um so one of the big things that's been going on in the discussion is that in the discussion of uh what's going on in the world day is pedophilia has been getting a lot of uh a lot of airtime uh, with this whole Netflix cuties thing that's been going on, which apparently in France is a big deal. I mean, it won all kinds of awards. But what does it say about our society? Because we're pushing mo uh, movies and documentaries like this where it features preteen girls twerking and shaking their butts on stage. But it's granted they're part of a dance troupe. It's part of the what they do. I get that. But oh my goodness. I don't know what's going on here. Um no one is getting any of my audio going live. And I know it's getting audio is being fed to the computer because I'm seeing it uh recording on the system. I guess this is probably going to be me talking to myself and not having a whole lot of audience participation, unfortunately. But anyways, going back to all the uh, shenanigans and all that, you know, where are we as a society when we are pushing things like having documentaries about preteen girls who are essentially being exploited 
whether or not there's actual nudity involved or the intent is to be sexualized, is that not what we're doing? Oh, Lady Kim keeps coming in, or Lady Di and Kim both keep leaving and coming back in, hopefully trying to get onto the, to where they're hearing my audio. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on, because I, I told it to, yes, use my audios that went in. Uh, let's see, I'm trying to play around with the microphone. Are y'all hearing it now? I'm trying to mute myself and come back in. Hmm. I wonder if I can. I don't think I can leave the room myself and then restart it. So unfortunately, it's looking like it's looking like it's just me yelling at a microphone. So back to the whole cuties thing. And I I was reading a review from someone who. It took them three attempts to watch it because it's just so... (laughs) And stomach-turning. And they said there is some very, very uh, horrible things. Like, there's an 11-year-old girl who's trying to, you know, get video of a boy peeing. It's gross. Um, And one scene where they take a condom and blow it up stick it under their shirt like to make it look like a boob it's it, it it's god awful it really is you know and there's one one scene where a girl has a stolen cell phone and she takes a picture of her girly bits to put it nicely and then uploads it to a social media account. And it's like, why, why, why would they do this? I mean, granted, it's, haha, funny, you know, it's a prank. But, you know, in some places, a child doing this is going to end up I'm. I have to do this here. I'd let them know what's going on. Um, not sure what is up with the audio. The choice of live radio. Closing the room. All right. And I hate to do this to everyone who's trying to listen live. Um, this is ridiculous. Do, 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 do. Oh, my God. This is possible. <laughs> oh, and right now, I'm trying to do this so I'm recording on video, too. So... Fun times and excitement all around. Um, 
So anyways, going back into this, it's just absolutely insane that they would be able to come out and make this documentary, which if it was a documentary about girls in a dance troupe who were using that to try to get out of a horribly bad situation, you know, because it's my understanding that they're fairly poor, I guess would be the best way to say it. And so this is like their opportunity to try to you know, get some uh, recognition, try to get out of a really bad socioeconomic state. Okay, that that's one thing. But again, going back to this review, this is a uh, the way the camera angles work, where they're intentionally trying to get up close or detail shots of the backsides and their chest and all that. Is it really, you know, uh, going out of the way to be gratuitous about it? That's another huge question about why are they doing this? What's the point? Again, it's not so much that, you know, the supposed premise of the documentary is just how it's shot. It's it's kind of like uh, some of the new uh, comprehensive sex ed stuff that's being pushed in California. And I think it's 27 states have adopted the CSE. And it's even, it's not even sexual education, it's sexuality education. You know, when uh, teaching third graders that mutual masturbation is okay. Wait, what? Last time I checked, if I had kids that were not mine or kids that are mine, and I'm trying to guide them through how to, you know, get to know their own bodies and how to enjoy and how to make their own bodies feel good. Last time I checked, that's called grooming. And grooming is wrong. Yet this is considered a perfectly fine way to educate kids. Uh, there's online online curricula where you know fifth graders are being taught, you know, if you're bored at, bored at home with everything going on, here's some links you can go to. You know, go check out porn. You know, get online and talk with a sex therapist. It's like, really? And then this is school board approved. And if you have the actual diet, the actual, you know, hard copy, if I were to go around and hand out to kids, I'm distributing child pornography. But it's considered academic art. So being able to air it on an online school program or to show it in school or in a museum at a doctor's office, oh, well, See, this is educational, so there's nothing sexual about it. The hell there's not anything sexual about it. If I can't show it, 
outside of a school and have it be considered perfectly fine, then it's not perfectly fine. Glenn Beck did a uh, did a special uh, this past week talking about comprehensive sex ed. And Facebook demonetized the special because of objectionable material. Well, if it's so objectionable to talk about it and to show censored, they blurred images because of how grossly offensive it was just to a normal person's sensibilities. They censored it. And Facebook says, this is, oh, this is objectionable, you know, so we're not going to allow you to make money off this. But how come Facebook and headquartered in California isn't going to the California State, you know, State uh, Board of Education, to the state government saying, this is objectionable. If we can't show it on our, if we don't want to show it on our stuff, when it's censored, why are you showing it in schools? It, it's all about trying to uh, desensitize kids. Uh, and California passed, well, I don't know if it has been signed into law by Gavin Newsom yet, but the House and Senate in California, they passed their pederasty law, which Pederasty is a big word. It basically means sex with boys, either adolescent or preteen. And basically, they made it to where it's, if this law goes into effect, if you are an adult and you are convicted of having relations, consensual or not, or presumably consensual, because as we know, there's an age of consent for a reason. That's when you're theoretically old enough to realize, to make the decision, do I want to have sex with this man, with this woman? But they made it to where if you're convicted of having sex with a minor who is within 10 years, so that means if you are 18, and that minor is eight. If you're convicted, oh well, we it's up to the judge to determine if you're going to go on the sex offender registry. If you're 24 and he is 14. Or if you're a woman, you know, 24 and 14, don't want to be all judgy, you know, because yeah, there are female predators who look for girls, just like there are male predators who look for boys. But the question is, why in God's name is this a good idea to be able to, you know, oh, well, you know, they're, you know, it's, it's nothing wrong. It's just, they're just getting to know, and you know, they're learning with an older person. I'm I'm sorry. If an older person is having to convince, you know, someone who is a minor 
that, yes, no, it is perfectly fine for me to be touching you like this. It is perfectly fine for you to have feelings like this. It's perfectly fine for us to do this. Your, your parents don't need to get involved. That is not developing a healthy relationship. That is grooming. That is the definition of sexual abuse. Yet, Californians or California lawmakers feel that we have to protect offenders because, well, again, now he was, you know, he was 24 and, you know, his, his partner was, yeah, he was only, he was only 16 and, you know, he, he didn't really know and they really loved each other and, you know, he, yeah, we, we can't ruin his life over, you know, having a relationship. Yes, we can. Because if you are 24, you know, having a physical relationship with anybody, anybody under the age of what under the defined age of consent is illegal. It's immoral. It's wrong. You know, and I know people who, you know, they, they get stuck in that Romeo and Juliet situation where they've been in a relationship and one of them crosses the, you know, the age of 18 before the other one, or the other one is still just right there before, you know, the age of consent. But they have been physically involved since before it was you know, illegal for one of them to be involved. And then suddenly, due to some random state investigation, they find out about it and, oh, well, now he's a registered sex offender because he was involved with her, even though they've been in a relationship for several years before. Well, it's now it's illegal. Yeah, and I'm willing to give leeway to a situation like that because you know it's happened lots of times in this country it's not a hit or miss thing but when someone is targeting a young inexperienced person and using and they're able to use their insecurities their natural curiosities as a way to as a way to get in get in with them as a way to you know to build a bridge and take advantage of that for the sake of you know sex is just wrong i it's at the point where even with the uh the situation with the cuties movie uh oh that's the wrong show prep womp, womp, womp. Ah, where's it where's it yeah um i even ted cruz now this is a breaking from fox um today uh, Tech Senator Ted Cruz calling on the Justice Department to investigate Netflix and the cuties filmmakers to determine whether they broke any federal laws against the production and distribution of child pornography. 
A Republican senator and a growing list of federal lawmakers are appalled that Netflix is streaming the controversial film, proclaiming the comedy drama sexualizes young children and appeals to pedophiles. Well, no, duh. Uh, quote, the film routinely fetishizes and sexualizes these pre-adolescent girls as they perform dances simulating sexual conduct in revealing clothing, including at least one scene with partial child nudity. Cruz uh, end quote, Cruz wrote in a letter to Attorney General William Barr. Cruz continued, these scenes in and of themselves are harmful, and it is likely that the filming of this movie create even more explicit and abusive scenes, and that pedophiles across the world in the future will manipulate and imitate this film in abusive ways. And I agree, there is a huge issue when, again, like I said, it's one thing to film these kids in the process of dance competitions and childish pranks. It's another to it's another to intentionally frame shots or to catch scenes that oh you know we have a scene of an 11-year-old girl taking her shirt off and you see her full chest. And I know there's been some people, oh, what about Brooke Shields in this movie way back in 1980? Well, okay, in 1980, I was negative four years old in 1980. And I also researched that particular scene for Blue Lagoon in which they referenced. Brooke Shields had a 32-year-old stand-in. It was not 14-year-old Brooke Shields being shown naked on that beach. Well, well what, what about this other movie from before that? Yeah, and there was a huge uproar when that one came out, especially considering that, you know, Roman Polanski had just been convicted of, you know, drugging and raping a 12-year-old girl at his house. Actually, no, it wasn't even at his house. It was at uh, the home of Jack Nicholson and Angelica Houston. And Angelica Houston was home the last I checked, uh, last time I studied that story. And it's possible that, you know, I, I could be, you know, conflating some other stories I'd heard, but, and even then, there's a, I said, there's a huge uproar and backlash you know, people getting a hold of Brooke Shields' mother. How dare you let her portray a child prostitute? That's awful. And, you know, then Brooke Shields' mom was also saving all the articles, clipping them out of the newspapers and magazines they got at the house because, well, I didn't want people to... I don't want my daughter to read these horrible negative opinions about her being naked on set when she's only 12 years old. And, you know, that in and of itself is kind of, ooh, why a parent would allow that. And, you know, Brooke Shields acts like it's no big deal. It's like, oh, it was a great opportunity and people are treating me really well, blah, 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 blah. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. 
if my 15-year-old daughter was given an opportunity to be in a movie in which she would have to appear semi-nude, I'd be like, ah, oh, no, you're not doing that. And I'm okay saying that because I'm dad. I'm still legally responsible. And I'd also be legally responsible for any harm that came to you because of being in a movie in which you were exposing yourself. And, and again, you know, society gets worked up over, you know, oh my God, that documentary. Oh my God, that law they just passed in that state is just absolutely horrible. Yes. But, Again, we, we look at the stuff that is in our homes on a regular basis. We look at what they teach in school. And it's like, oh, well, they're teaching at school. It's fine. We don't have to worry about it because, you know, the, the teachers, they just love the children so much. But at the same time, it's how many of us don't stop and look at what our kids are actually learning? And and that's the scary thing is that we, so many of us turn a blind eye. Ah, well, you know. I mean, I last year helping my daughter with history because, you know, we homeschooled for several years. And then last year she decided that she wanted to, you know, get the full high school experience. And I would help her with her history. And there was a number of rants where she thought it was absolutely entertaining because uh, they they introduced Margaret Sanger and gave her gave like two sentences about her, <laughs> and they were glowing by the way, and that inspired like a fifteen minute rant about the evil racist eugenicist known as Margaret Sanger, but. You know, that's one of those things where if I was actually able to, you know, give context to some of the stuff that was in the history book and some and some of the stuff in her health class, while it wasn't out of line, yeah, maybe it kind of glossed over a little bit. So it's like, well, yeah, that's what they say, and it's mostly accurate, but I we Frankly, we just need to be more involved. Too often we sit back and we go, well, you know, this is the teachers, you know, that's what they do. And think that my wife is a special ed teacher and she's amazing what she does. And she has so much contact with parents. And that's something that's missing with a lot of schools. And especially when you get in these larger districts, the district I went to, you know, my graduating class was 300 people, roughly. And compared to some districts, that's tiny. For South Central Missouri, Southwest Missouri, that's that's a pretty big class. And I, it's only gotten bigger since I've graduated in 2002. And you know, even... Then, you know, you have classes with, you know, one class has 28 kids in it. And 
you expect a teacher who has six, seven classes a day, 30 kids apiece, to be able to make contact with, you know, that many parents. And parents, they have jobs. They have a ton of things that they have to do on a daily basis. You know, they work an eight-hour day. They get home. They have to make dinner. They have, you know, laundry to fold. Uh, and you know, they have their kids who are doing homework and doing chores around the house as well. And you, you can't always be in there, you know, studying up on, you know, what the kids are learning. And it, it's sad. And it's, it's horrible that that's the situation that they find themselves in. But as parents, we, we need to step up more. We need to be more involved. And, and, and I say that, I say we, because I have my moments where I'm not as involved in my kids' schooling as I probably should be. And it's a hard one. Because, you know, I have this. I work uh, another job where I'm, you know, working 50 to 60 hours a week. So, you know, I get home from work after being there for 10, 11 hours. I don't always want to sit down and, you know, crack a book with with the kids. You know, you have four kids in school. It's a lot of books to crack. And so I, I recognize where I'm not doing as well as I should be. And so I'm not just, you know, looking and preaching at the choir. I'm, you know. I'm voicing my own frustrations with myself, honestly. And hopefully that's something that we can do better to change. This is Tyler from Relentless Daring. And I am launching the brand new RelentlessDaring.com merch shop. Instead of having to go to a third-party vendor, now you can do everything right there at RelentlessDaring.com. If you want to buy merch, go to RelentlessDaring.com slash shop. And there you can get hats, you can get t-shirts, you can get hoodies, you can get coffee cups, you can get stickers. Go there today to show your love for the Relentless Daring podcast. And as always, stay relentless. Anyways, I'm sorry for the incredibly heavy, uh, oh my goodness, incredibly heavy first hour, or first half hour or so of the show. Um, it's, that's just something that's been bothering me, and you know, I think that we should be doing more to, what in the one night, my own audio's failing me. Yeah, I, we should be doing more. And I think that's where it's a huge fail is that, you know, it's one of those things been weighing on me lately and I just needed, needed to say it because it had to be said. But anyways, getting uh, away from, you know, people doing 
horrible, horrible things with children, and getting into some political things. So we we know that you know political donations are like the the lifeblood of any candidacy. We know it's the lifeblood of political parties is raising money. Well, a study has come out, and this was just published this morning, and I think my, my stumble across this article is only about an hour old. So by the time I'm recording this, it's like, I don't know, 12 hours old or so. Uh, exclusive is from Fox News. Data shows that half of 2019 donations to Blue came from untraceable, unemployed donors. Huh. Uh, exclusive. Less than two months ahead of the presidential election, with concerns of foreign interference, a conservative political group is raising serious questions about millions of donations reported by a major Democratic fundraising platform. Um, Preliminary computer analysis by Take Back Action Fund, obtained exclusively by Fox News, has found nearly half of all 2019 donations were made by people claiming to be unemployed. Uh, quote, after, and this is from uh, the Action Fund President John Pudner, quote, after downloading hundreds of millions of dollars in donations to Take Back Action Fund servers, we were shocked to see almost half the donations to Act Blue in 2019 claim to be unemployed individuals. The name of employers must be disclosed when making political donations, but more than 4.7 million donations came from people who claimed they did not have an employer. Those 4.7 million donations totaled $346 million Act Blue raised and sent to liberal causes. I uh, did the math that's Unemployed people donating on, on average about $74 or so a piece. If you're unemployed, were you finding extra money to donate? Now, the trend is continuing this year. An action fund examination of 2020 data from January through August showed an uptick in unemployed donations to 50.1%. That's a small uptick, but still. Where are people in the middle of a pandemic with, you know, when we hit, I think the official unemployment number of 18%? During a pandemic, 18% unemployment, how are they having, well, I understand, where are people coming up with the extra money to be able to donate if they are allegedly unemployed? Hmm. Uh, Act Blue defends the integrity of donations and said many come from retirees, people who aren't counted as employed, such as homemakers. Okay, well, that's a probability. I mean, we do happen to see that, you know, suburban housewives tend to lean more towards Democrats and say than towards Republicans. And, and, and that goes with standard polling and uh, demographic data. So it's, it's not. Uh, 100% hard to believe, so, you know. Uh, according to findings in the Action Fund, nonprofit aims to educate the public on conservative loose political reform. 48.4% of Act Blue donations last year 
hired massive loss of jobs that came with the onslaught of coronavirus pandemic came from those who did not listen to employer or who claimed to be unemployed. It's okay, retirees, housewives. Um, uh, for uh, oh, Hunter said large number is a red flag. Some donations may be illicit contributions from foreign interests. And that's always an issue, regardless of which side. We obviously don't want Republicans being influenced by foreign by foreign entities. Nor do we want the Democrats being influenced by foreign entities. And it, it happens. It, it kind of goes with the territory, unfortunately. Or they, they find ways around, you know, in this case, you know, potentially using, you know, oh, well, we're unemployed to make these donations. Uh, at Blue Creative in 2004, those itself as, quote, a powerful online fundraising platform available to Democratic candidates and committees, progressive organizations, and nonprofits to share our values for a for no cost besides 3.95% process fee on donations. We operate as a conduit, which means donations made through FBlue to a campaign or organization are considered individual donations. Which, again, you you look at how ActBlue works, and especially a lot of donations go to uh, BLM Incorporated through ActBlue. However, uh, a lot of those. When you actually sit and look at, you know, a lot of those donations that say they are for BLM, BLM will claim X number of donations or X amount of money. And the rest of it goes to some other organization that they choose, whether it be, say, the Democratic National Committee, whether it be the committee to re-elect Joe Biden, the, or to elect Joe Biden, the committee to blah, 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 blah. And sometimes that money has been shut, like, goes to an organization where they almost launder it. No, I'm not accusing them of doing anything illegal. I'm just saying, you know, for a small fee, they turn around and use that to make uh, make donations and just kind of circle the money around till it kind of disappears. Now, again, that, that's speculation. That's not me making any accusations. I don't. It's just kind of something that you can, you know, pull up public records and see where they gave the money to, because, you know, that kind of stuff has to be reported, you know? But, it it's one of those weird things where, okay, why isn't making it, uh, declaring that you're retired a thing? I mean, just thinking here, if you have, how do you get that many 
if half your donations are coming from people who are retired or are homemakers and generally don't have an income to donate from, shouldn't you maybe be concerned that maybe your fundraising is not on the up and up? Just saying. I know these are also the random thoughts of a random crazy person, so who really knows? Anywho's, just things that run through your mind. And I also started looking at some, uh, some of the polling information. Now, there are places where Donald Trump is starting to catch up. Key battleground states. Finding good polls, though, is kind of difficult. Um, some of them are a little on the uh, sketchy side, it seems, which is very unfortunate. However, you know, hopefully it kind of works out better than how it what we had been seeing. Um, you know, Florida is turning to quite the hot zone as far as uh, those battles go, because turns out Joe Biden is not polling well amongst the Latino community in Florida. Hmm. I wonder if it has anything to do with, um, you know, when he was vice president and, you know, president, his boss, Barack Obama, went to Cuba and was palling around and glad handing with Fidel Castro. You know, someone who a lot of, you know, older Cubans, you know, who fled from Cuba during the rise of Castro and the overthrow of Batista. And they witnessed the horrible, horrible crimes against humanity being committed there. Or the children of said refugees or people who still got onto inner tubes and floated the 90-some miles from Cuba to Key West and all the raft people who said, we can't live like this anymore, decades into the Castro regime. If these are the people who are... And you're hoping to win Florida? With that history with Fidel and Raul Castro? And the number of Cubans? And even some polling amongst African Americans is showing a larger and larger support for Donald Trump, which you know, Republicans have never been really good at courting the African-American vote. So if, you know, Donald Trump were to take, I don't know, 19, 20% of the African-American vote, what is that going to do in some of these states where you know, they have large metro areas that really are the key determining factors to how that state votes in the uh, in the national elections. So if you have large areas where, you know, Donald Trump caused a very significant positive effect on African-Americans in that community, it's like, yeah, the polling is still showing states 
as going, you know, X percent for Joe Biden, but you look the numbers and it's like, well, we polled 500 people and 97% went to Joe Biden. Okay, well, where are those 97% from? Well, they're all from this uh, city, which now is a significant Democrat stronghold. Oh, okay, well, so you know in that sample size how they're polling. But did you reach out into rural rural parts of the states, into the suburbs? Did you reach people? reach people who are you know, more likely to vote Republican or do you just stick to the urban centers when you're when you're doing your voting or when you're doing your polling. Yeah, you know, these are important things because even with look even going through like five thirty eight or uh two seventy to win, which two seventy to win is great because it will show you little pie graphs that has an average of Four, five, six, seven polls, depending on this, on the state, and it's something kind of look at. Uh, five thirty-eight is great because it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll have like key battleground polls and you know presidential approval and all that. But a lot, you're starting to see a lot of states starting to pull into the uh, where Donald Trump is starting to pull into the whole uh, margin of error categories of the uh of the polling data because I apologize for the dog barking in the background. Because then it becomes once you're in margin of error, you are in statistical dead heat. Uh which for Republicans is a great thing right now. Means if they target certain areas and you know, really tailor the message for those targeted areas. Oh, crap, I can't say targeted. Shoot. Um, but they're going to certain areas and really trying to nail down those districts. Then it's great because then you're able to, like I said, custom, custom tailor the message for that area. You know, do what you can to win a certain demographic in a city when a certain city in general when when counties that maybe they're beginning to lean your way but you know the last election or the you know last presidential election they went for hillary or even the last uh house or senate election they went towards the democrats you can really say look here is what they've been doing here's what they've been promising here's what they've been saying Here's what we have done. Here's where you can see what we have done is really affecting you in the positive. And you can really bring to light the message. But again, I'm just some schlub who has never worked a political campaign ever in my life. So I'm just kind of, you know, you know, shooting from the hip here. And I don't have I obviously don't have the experience of, you know, a Steve Dace or um, anyone like that who, you know, that's what they used to do, or that's what the things that they have done in the past because you know they're better suited for it than I am. I'm just getting into this. Yeah, you know, I've only been doing this for like a year. 
So, I don't know. Hopefully, it's working. It, they, they can make it work to really be able to pull out the, uh, you know, pull out a Trump victory for re-election here in November. And hopefully, on November 4th, coronavirus magically disappears. I doubt it, but hopefully. Don't don't judge me. I see you judging. See you, you're looking at this video on YouTube going, look at that fool, man. So deluded. He thinks he's actually talking to me. But as he stares directly at the camera on his phone. I don't know. I said, I would like to see a Trump re-election. Mostly because, not necessarily because I'm a huge fan of Trump, because I've got a lot of issues with Donald Trump. I mean, I didn't even vote for him in 2016. But I have less issues with Donald Trump than I do with Joe Biden and more specifically, the people Joe Biden is already starting to surround himself with. So, I mean, that's just kind of where I am on that. I'm not endorsing anyone. I'm just saying, you know, well, I like see because, you know, some of the, uh, you know, like Joe Jorgensen on the uh, libertarian tickets, he tends to kind of, ugh. Lean a little too far away from law and order and wanting to make sure rioters are classified as rioters and are a separate thing from protesters. She's kind of like, yeah, you know, if it weren't for the cops, they wouldn't have rioters. Okay. So, that's going to do it for the show tonight. Um, again, thank you all for listening. If you're, you know, obviously this did not go live, which sucks. However, for those of you listening on demand at RelentlessDaring.com, Apple, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, you know, wherever it is you listen to the show, thank you so much for listening. Also. Uh, com. I have something new. You can now get masks. I know, I know. In the past, I've said some things are questionable about the masks. However, you can get your Relentless Daring Virtue Signal mask. It's a nice, beautiful mask that says Virtue Signal. Great big on it. That way you can let people know what you really think of your the mask wearing. Or you can get your 99% ineffective mask because masks are essentially 99% ineffective. But you can get that. You can kind of like, okay, well, if I have to wear the stupid mask, I'm going to tell you what I think. <laughs> ah, yes. And I've already had sales of people who are for people who are really excited about these masks. So please go out and get one, 12 bucks. I mean, yeah, it's more, a little bit more expensive than just going down to the, you know, the grab and go and getting one because, you know, they have them there and uh, go to this doctor's appointment, have to get a mask. Ugh. Yeah. You show up at your doctor's office wearing a mask 
and everyone has chuckled because you all know it's true. Again, thank you all so much for tuning in this week and listening. Again, if you're listening on Stitcher, Stitcher, if you're on on the computer listening, you can go there and leave a you know leave a review. If you want to do that, thank you so much. If you're listening on Apple iTunes, I ask that you do four little things. Only four things. Number one, subscribe. That way you will get notified every time episode posts each and every week. Number two, leave a five-star rating. Because you, you, know, you leave that five-star rating, it helps the algorithms find more people like you who may enjoy this little show. After that, number three, leave a review. Say something nice. That way when people see it pop up in their recommended listening, they go, oh, well... Seems that everybody but that one guy really likes the show. I think I'll check it out. And finally, the last thing, share it. Send it to someone who you think will like the show and is wanting to check it out. Or send it to someone who you know will absolutely hate this show and everything I have to say. And you just want to get out of their skin. I know you're out there. I, I see you going, hmm, you know... My mother-in-law is a stark raving loon. Let's drive her crazy! I am more than willing to help sow the seeds of discord in your life. So please use me as the tool that I am to drive your liberal friends and family nuts. Besides, it will take the heat off of you later on. So anyways, again, thank you so much for listening to the show. And as always, stay relentless. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.